Well, hi there, everybody. Thank you for downloading the show. On today's episode, we will be talking slightly about the passing of Donald Trump's brother, Robert Trump, Donald Trump versus the United States Postal Service, Taylor Swift and Cardi B make an appearance in Rum's house, the upcoming Democratic National Convention, and I would like to submit my candidate for the Pulitzer Prize and Journalist of the Year. All of that and more on today's episode of Run's House. Uh, my name is Brian Rundle. Let's get it started. In order to do these podcasts, you have to have a hosting site. So I use a hosting site called Buzzsprout. And like most or I'm sure all of the hosting sites, you can actually see what cities and what areas people are listening. Now, I've had people from not just all over the United States, but all over the world. I mean, Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, South America, Canada, all over the place, I have had people listening to my podcast, which is really, really exciting. However, recently there is one city in particular that I saw I have a listener in, and it is the most excited I've ever been about having a particular city showing up on my locations. Now, don't get me wrong, I get excited when I see Manhattan or the Bronx or Brooklyn. You know, I love all them. L.A., Atlanta, Philly, Dallas, Honolulu, Portland, St. Louis, all the big cities and all the small ones in between. But one city showing up has changed my life. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I have listeners in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And if you don't understand the significance of that, we might have to reevaluate our relationship here with each other. Scranton, Pennsylvania, of course, is the home of Dunder Mifflin. Dunder Mifflin, in which you would see in one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, The Office. With, in my opinion, the greatest comedic character in the history of television, Michael Scott. Now, I would assume Michael Scott is not the listener. I'm trying to figure out if there was an office character, which office character would actually be listening to this show. And I think the top candidate would probably be Oscar and maybe Daryl. But I, you know, it's certainly not going to be Angela. It's not going to be Kevin. Stanley, maybe, but I don't think he's into podcasts. Definitely not Kelly. Maybe Ryan. Ryan's trying to be cool sometimes. So, and you know, everybody listening to this podcast is obviously cool. So I think those are my candidates. I'd love to think it's Michael Scott, but I, I, I don't know if Michael Scott can find his way to the podcast or at least this one. Oh, how can I forget Jim? Jim or Dwight? That's possible. Either one of those could be listening. So whatever. Either way, for me, this news is awesome, and I can't contain myself with how big it is. All right, all together now. That's what she said. So first up in the news, of course, I don't celebrate the death of really almost anyone. I'd say probably Osama bin Laden. I had no problem celebrating that one. And there might be one or two more. I won't name them in particular right now. But Donald Trump's brother, 
Robert passed away of an undisclosed illness. So my condolences to his family. Never like to hear about the death of anybody. I really didn't know much about Robert Trump other than his name is Robert Trump and he was Donald Trump's brother. I, I think the only other story I really heard with him in it was he was trying to block Mary Trump, Donald Trump's niece, from being able to release her book. But like I said, really don't know much about Robert Trump. But what I did hear is that he did pass away from an illness that was undisclosed. He was hospitalized back in June. June where there was a raging pandemic going on throughout this country. And I know what you all may be thinking. And it's not something that I am rooting for, but I am going to bring up the possibility. It was coronavirus. That's what he died from. I mean, come on, let's face it. All right. I know that's a little irresponsible to say. I don't know for sure it was the coronavirus, but, you know, the fact that he was in the hospital a few times and at this point we still don't know what it is. And yes, I do understand it's possible to die from something that you really don't know what's going on. But let's make one thing clear. There is a 0% chance Donald Trump would ever admit it was the coronavirus if, in fact, it was the coronavirus. Wouldn't look good for him. I mean, when you talk about the absolute worst-case scenario of possibilities of somebody dying from the coronavirus, it would be somebody close to Donald Trump. So if that were to happen, you're not going to find out about it, unless Mary Trump gets a hold of the story and she might break it. But again, I'm not trying to make light of this. I'm really not. But, you know, we have to just at least throw out the possibility that where hundreds of thousands of people are dying from this pandemic— Donald Trump's brother, with an undisclosed illness at age 71, I believe it is, is a prime candidate. But like I said, I'm most sorry to hear when anybody passes away, you know, that I don't have any reason to be happy about. Again, like Osama bin Laden. And for the record, I want to make clear, I am not saying he definitely died from the coronavirus. So I just want to throw that out there. But I also, you know, Bring it up because I would wonder if this happened because of COVID-19, Donald Trump would change his views or maybe change his language about this deadly pandemic. So anyway, Donald Trump still is irresponsibly leading the charge against mail-in voting. Mail-in voting, very important this year because of a pandemic that may preclude a lot of people from wanting to leave their homes and go out and stand in long lines and take the chance of contracting the virus that may harm or kill them. Sounds reasonable. But yet, in what seems to be another attempt to steal an election, Donald Trump has now done everything he can to suppress Voting by mail, the Postmaster General, Louis DeJoy, who is a big donor to the Trump campaign, seems to be pulling out all the stops. He is reducing the hours of postal workers, cutting overtime, which means people aren't going to be getting 
their current mail on time and if they were to mail something out obviously it could be getting there later than it normally would He's also making sure that not all of the mail-in ballots are going to be labeled as first-class mail and issuing a warning to all the 50 states that voters could be at risk of not getting their ballots back to election offices in time to be counted because election rules are not compatible with the time needed for delivery and return of absentee ballots through the mail. Trump is opposed to giving any money to the United States Postal Service and all but admitting that any money given to the Postal Service will hamper the office's ability to process mail-in ballots. This has prompted Nancy Pelosi to call on the House to return into session later this week to vote on a bill that would prevent changes the Trump administration has made to the Postal Service. Did you ever think in your lifetime you would ever see a time where an American president would go out of his way to basically cheat to win an election? Not only once, but now this will be twice. And somehow he got enough players to play along. It is literally like a cult. That's what a cult is. You have a leader and they brainwash you into doing what you want them to do. I don't think some of these people, in fact, a lot of them probably didn't need any brainwashing. They're probably loving every second of this. But, you know, certainly don't bring up the Constitution. Don't bring up patriotism. Don't bring up the American way anymore. Because the one thing, if anything, that we all should or could have agreed on was you don't mess with our elections. You do not mess with our democracy. That's what America is all about. I would be outraged and I would be on this podcast if Democrats were doing it, saying this is a terrible and the wrong thing to do. The undermining of the post office has caught the attention of pop star Taylor Swift. Now, Taylor Swift is not really... My cup of tea when it comes to music. I do appreciate her talent. I appreciate what she's accomplished in her career. But again, not really the music I listen to. I'm more of a Beatles, Stone, Zeppelin, Billy Joel. More older hip-hop and rap and pretty much everything except for country music. I'm just not a country music guy. I think I have like 13 country songs I really like. Maybe one day I'll list them all. Because it won't take that long. I mean, but... I do like the person, Taylor Swift, and she's calling out the Trump administration and especially calling out her fellow Tennesseans. I hope I said that right. She criticized the GOP candidates in her state, and she is urging people in Tennessee to vote for the Democratic candidate. She also laid into Donald Trump and the Trump administration. On social media, she wrote, Donald Trump's ineffective leadership gravely worsened the crisis that we are in, and he is now taking advantage of it to subvert and destroy our right to vote and vote safely. Swift continues by saying, Trump's calculated dismantling of the United States Postal Service proves one thing clearly. He is well aware that we do not want him as our president. He's chosen to blatantly cheat and put millions of American lives at risk in an effort to hold on to power. Now, normally I would not bring up Taylor Swift, but I bring her up for this reason. She is a pretty influential voice. She has a lot of people following her. In fact, on Twitter, she has 87 million Twitter followers, and that is 1.7 million more than Donald Trump. 
Now, whether or not it is effective, we are going to see. But the fact that somebody like Taylor Swift, who has so much influence on people, getting involved is something I like. Her voice can be important, and it certainly cannot hurt. In other female pop star news, Cardi B is in the news as well, along with somebody named Megan the Stallion, I guess? I don't know. But anyway... Cardi B, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I really don't know much about the story other than she has a new song and video out called WAP, W-A-P. If you don't know what W-A-P stands for, you could go look it up. Believe me, I would have no problem saying it on this podcast. I'm certainly no snowflake, but you have this thing and I got to decide whether or not I got to say that this podcast has explicit material, and most of mine don't, so I don't want some to have it, some not to, so I just, you know, whatever. You understand what I'm saying. But anyway, the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because the song is very sexual in nature, and so is the video. And for decades, there have been many songs with sexual connotation to it, but many of them have come from men. I mean... Even way back in the day, there was a song called Into the Night by Benny Mardonis. Benny Mardonis, I believe I got that right. And the first line is, she's just 16 years old, leave her alone, they said. And basically the rest of the song is him saying, screw you, I like this 16-year-old. So, you know, if I could fly, I'd pick her up and take her into the night and show her love like she's never seen. Now, that has some sexual connotation to it, but it's with a minor Nobody said anything about that. Then I grew up with the Two Live Crew. I mean, the Two Live Crew got as nasty as they want to be. In fact, that was the name of their album. And they did certainly get a lot of flack and certainly plenty controversy surrounding them. But they went on to sell millions of albums and continued to do the same kind of songs over and over and over again, which led to many other songs, rock and rap songs, that had very sexual, explicit lyrics to it, but again, mostly came from men. Now, this one is by two strong, powerful women who decided that they wanted to express their sexuality as well. Now, I will admit, I have heard very little of the song. I've seen a little bit of the video, but now it's one of my favorite songs ever, and there's one reason why. It's because it's driving the conservative right insane. They cannot handle this. They keep talking about the left being snowflakes. My God, let a woman come out and talk about she wants to have sex or how much she likes sex, and they lose it. They can't handle it. I thought poor Ben Shapiro was going to have a heart attack on his podcast because he kept calling it the P word. The P word. And he kept repeating that over and over. The P word. The P word. And it was just like, I am so offended by this. This is so terrible. Oh, there it is again. The P word. Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do? Take a few deep breaths, Ben. It's going to be okay. Women are allowed to talk about sex the same way men are. But like I said, I don't even know if the song's good. It might not be. It might not be something that I even like. But right now, it's my favorite song. I barely have heard it. Kudos to Cardi B and the Stallion Lady. And in other news, this week is going to be the Democratic National Convention. They had to move it back until Monday, which is, if you're listening to this on the first day the show's come out, it will be tonight. If you're listening to it later, we are already in the midst of the convention or 
a non-conventional convention, you may want to call it, but they're, all the stars are going to be out at some point. We're going to have Michelle and Barack Obama speaking, Bill and Hillary Clinton will be speaking, Stacey Abrams, Bernie Sanders, AOC, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar will be out, Mayor Pete, Andrew Yang of the Yang Gang will be there. Also, interestingly enough, John Kasich, a lifelong Republican, will be speaking at the Democratic National Convention. I welcome that. I welcome anybody that wants to get rid of Donald Trump. I don't care who it is. We will sort our differences out later. And, of course, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Now, because of the coronavirus, everything is going to have to be done through video and Zoom and virtually and all that stuff. But it's going to be very interesting to see how it all comes together. You know, anything like this, some real big screw-ups could happen. That's what I'm a little bit afraid of. But, you know, for the most part, it should be an exciting week to see everybody speak and to get everybody charged up for the election coming up. There's also going to be some celebrities that will be speaking. And I think they have some videos of what I heard of former Trump supporters now turned Biden supporters because they discovered that the candidate that they originally voted for was absolute garbage. One big pile of heaping garbage. And it's one of those things that you almost want to say, I told you so, but you know what? They came over to our side now, so we're going to give them a pass. But as I said, it should be fun. It should be exciting. Wednesday night, Kamala Harris will speak. And then, of course, the convention will end on Thursday with Joe Biden leading us out. So now with the conventions here, everything is starting to feel more and more real. We are getting closer to the most important election of our lifetime, and really it's going to be here before you know it. So prepare yourself now. Be ready, be safe, stay healthy if you can, and do everything you can to get out and vote. Finally, whoever puts in submission for the Pulitzer Prize certainly needs to give a lot of consideration to the Huffington Post White House correspondent S.V. Date. I don't know if you were able to see the question that he had for Donald Trump during his press conference, but guess what? I have it right here, and we're going to listen to it right now. Please. So, uh, Mr. President, after three and a half years, do you regret at all all the lying you've done to the American people. All the what? Day. All the lying, all the dishonesties. That who has done? You have done. Uh, Tens of thousands. Yeah, go ahead, please. Please. That, my friends, is excellence in journalism. He deserves the Pulitzer Prize. He deserves to be on the cover of Time magazine. And that is what every single news reporter should ask him every single day until he throws his little hissy fit and goes, thank you, and then leaves. Then during the State of the Union address next year, I want Joe Biden to give him the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the same honor bestowed on Rush Limbaugh. I mean, how disgusting was that? But anyway... I'm going to wrap this one up. As always, I thank you guys for listening. Before I do go off, if anybody would like to contact me, if you have any comments or questions about the show, you can reach me at runshousepodcast at gmail.com. I welcome any comments or questions there. 
And if you can, as always, please subscribe to the show. You can also rate and review it. If you could, that would be fantastic. I always appreciate that. I always appreciate you guys listening. And I will be back again later on this week, and we'll talk about the Democratic National Convention. Let's see how that went, and we will see you soon. Thank you guys for listening. 